Welcome into the VT Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Brought to you by Splitting Hairs and Jackrabbit, part of the Splitting Hairs Podcast, and brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. I'm Barrett. I'm Ben. No, I'm not Ben. I'm Brendan. It's late. I, I'm Ben. I think Brendan's a little hungover from the Packers loss he just watched. It was unfortunate. It was a disappointing end. But Dallas got a touchdown, so that's fine. Yeah. Go Dallas got it. That was a win. That was a good deal. Um, we're going to lead off with a little bit of, Hey, give us a subscribe and follow. Cause we do that at the end and some people may not listen to the end. So <laughs> go ahead and give us a subscribe <laughs> to the podcast. I don't know why you wouldn't listen all the way through uh, I don't, the best yeah. stuff's at the end. So if, if you guys have been tuning in and listening for five minutes and turning it off, you're missing out. Right. And we have our volume fixed now. So that's exciting. That's a big step in the right, right direction. So I quit messing with that. It's a lot better now. So, you know, give us a, give us a follow on Twitter if you want to see uh, our live thoughts during games and things like that and other tomfoolery that we talk about and all that jazz. And we're on all sorts of different things, uh, Spotify, iTunes, and all that jazz. So, Yeah, my, my Twitter handle is at CappinHard, C-A-P-P-I-N, hard. And his is at Thumper underscore 76. It's Thumper 76. Oh, I messed that up. I got to look it up again. This is how on the ball. We're we're so good. We don't know on our, I don't know my own Twitter name. It is at It's Thumper 76. There's no underscore. Don't let the nice. underscore deceive you. He's just trying to throw people off and throw me off my game before Hobo Day here. Yeah, you're, never you're a showdown. You're already off your game, so I, I, I'm never on my game. <laughs> Speaking of games, though, we had one last weekend. Turned out pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I think it was obviously the best out of the three home games that we had. I mean, it was the best we've looked since the Minnesota game for sure. Um, and it's hard to tell how much of that had to do with Gibbs coming back, or was it having a decent opponent that they felt like they had to actually get up for. But either way, it was nice to see him come out and look good in most of the phases of the game and kind of put together a complete game, I thought. Right. And, you know, I thought Gibbs looked really good, but do we know if it was because they opened up the playbook a little more? Um, you know, the the team came out pretty sloppy the first drive. That was pretty disappointing. And then, honestly, my player of the game was Ben Dinkle. That kid played out of his mind like the stadium was dead and kind of irritated we had out of our first four plays what we have two false start penalties and then dinkle just launches one into the stratosphere that was amazing and completely flips the field and i think that's the loudest i've ever heard some uh, fan or the stadium cheer for a punt that was it was almost breathtaking you're like whole oh, just watching that sucker go, that was pretty, that was sweet. A couple yeah, of those this year. For the brand right there, he even got a shout out from Pat McAfee on Twitter from that one. So that was pretty cool. Right. That's that's awesome. That was awesome. But after that, I really think it uh, took off pretty well for us. You know, Gibbs had 
uh, interception that was 100% his fault. You could tell where he was going. The tight end was open. He just missed the throw. Then, you know, later in the game, he had one where he threw it behind the tight end. I still, watching it, looked like it was definitely catchable. Bounced off his hands. It was intercepted. Um, That one's kind of a 50-50 on who that's on there. But running game still was charging. I mean, there was a couple drives. There was the drive where they just fed Pierre, and he got up. He got over ten yards every every run. He just gashed him for chunks all the way down the field, and then CJ went around the end and made that defensive end look like it was me trying to chase him down out there. <laughs> I couldn't him. believe. I mean, when he did that, I was like, "Wait, don't run back!" Or, oh my god, he's going to get it. He hit the edge, isn't he? <laughs> I was like, oh, no, don't do no. You know what? That's good. Do more of that. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Stick with that. But Just don't nuts. make that a habit, CJ. You're going to give up the heart <laughs> attack out there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but otherwise, um, it was a pretty complete effort, I think. Um, you know, uh, it was frustrating watching um, Southern Utah able to kind of dink and dunk down the field a little bit. But that's the type of offense where they're throwing the quick five-yard pass, and they're expecting their athletes to make a play. And to the defensive credit, we didn't let them have any big chunk yardage where they made a guy, made our corner miss the tackle, and they locked them down there. And then once they got close, um, we were able to lock them down because that's when that sort of game plan doesn't work very much anymore. So overall, I think the defense actually did do really well for the type of offense that they were playing against. Yeah, we'd love to have a defense that holds them to – 150 yards of offense every game, but a lot of it depends on what you're facing, especially when they got you all spread out in space like that. And you could tell that was their, their goal to get the ball out quick. You, you don't have time to get to them. Yeah. And I mean, credit, credit to Southern Utah's line, offensive line. I thought they did a pretty good job. Um, yeah. And they probably got away with some holding calls like uh, Matt and Kyle talked about in their podcast, but um and also Southern Utah's quarterback. I mean, he was pretty elusive when we did get some pressure on him. He was able to slip away from some uh, from some tackles in the backfield. So yep. that's one thing I, I like to see is when we do bring pressure and when our D-line gets back there that they actually get home because, I mean, that's just a backbreaker. I mean, especially I just, you know, when I was watching that, I was just thinking about, man, this is going to happen against NDSU. It's going to be Trey Lance. He's going to convert a third and 20 by running it because we couldn't tackle in the backfield. Um, so hopefully they can clean that up a little bit. Um, beyond that, uh, yeah, I think Gibbs, like you said, is a little rusty, but overall looked pretty good. Um, you know, that the one play where he had like a scramble, it was good to see. You know, he, you could tell that he was purposely not running the ball. Like, I mean, they were doing read options, yeah. but he was not looking to take off by on his own, which is good with the pinky injury. Yeah. Um, but there was one play when he had a scramble and he didn't panic. He kind of um, orchestrated downfield and dumped it off to see or, uh, Pierre, who uh, went for a first down. So yeah. that was good to see uh, a freshman kind of under pressure. And he looked he looked like he handled it really well. Um, and then, you know, the the dime he threw to CJ early in the game. Um, that was just, uh, unreal. I mean, between, between the cornerback and the safety and just dropped it right in the bucket and see K K Johnson set it up perfectly just to 
you know, sidestep the safety and going for the touchdown. That play was just awesome. Yeah, that was a that thing was a thing of beauty to to watch. And you know, I sit up in the 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 naughty section in front of the visitors on the northeast side of the stadium. So from our end of the stadium, it's like, what are you throwing at? And then, <laughs> oh wow, just dropped it right in there. That was that was sweet. What else was sweet was three blocked kicks. Well, two blocked field yeah. goals. That, what is going? That was that was phenomenal. They had something figured out with their alignments or whatever. There, uh, you know, when you get a block kick, it's a lot of effort. But when you get two block kicks and a block punt, that's also some really good coaching because we figured something out there. And so, kudos, kudos to who's hand whoever's handling the special teams coaching because that was awesome and if we keep up the great special teams play like that that's gonna win us some extra a couple extra games just through that flipping yeah. field position and everything no doubt and just one more note on gibbs um beyond that dime he threw to cade you know the he threw i think like two back to back to uh to yankee on the sideline back mm-hmm. shoulder throws were just high level like really good throws um so i mean that's clearly a strength of his is being able to drop back and hit a spot and have his have his wide receiver go get it um yeah. so that's awesome to see a freshman with that talent already yeah and it was a little surprising honestly to me because you saw some of the reports coming out of um uh, you know spring ball and fall camp and like zimmer who was he's more really good at his really good accuracy short and medium and his deep ball needed some work but the majority of deep balls i've seen him throw have been on the money i mean the one that went just right through yankee's hands might have been a touch overthrown but man that thing looked like it was right on the money and he he just went through him and him and yeah him and yankee seemed to have uh really good connection. I don't know if it's because they're in the same class or whatnot, but they've been, he's really been targeting him a lot and Yankee's been open a lot. That helps as well. I think Anderson and Cade getting a lot of attention has really been getting him open quite a bit and helping a lot. But overall for the, the whole game, there's definitely still stuff to improve on, especially if you're a championship aspirational team. But I think it was a pretty good game overall. The crowd was good. Crowd was good. Crowd was into it. So that was an improvement there as well, outside of the student section who's shown out every week, which is great to see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you talked about Yankee was open, has been open a lot. And I think that that's going to continue to be the case with our running game, with just how dominant our backs are and how our our offensive line has been looking. I think they're going to see plenty of single coverage. So, Hopefully they can take advantage of that going into Valley play. Yeah, that'd be a good deal. We'll see. Hopefully get better every week, right? And getting better every week. You know, it's improvement week, as Coach Stig likes to say. Um, but uh, with the bye week, uh, what are you looking for as the big improvement to be made? Um, I think just some consistency, you know, and being able to put um, put it all together. You know, I think the the Minnesota game was pretty close to a complete game by the defense and the offense together, besides Gibbs' mistakes. Um, since then, I don't think we've put a complete game together, even against Southern Utah. Um, I think they looked good, but it just wasn't 
you know, a complete game like a championship caliber team should have. So I think just consistency would be the main thing for me. Yeah. I mean, um, what I'm looking for improvement week, um, just mental sharpness, uh, you know, and that kind of goes hand in hand with consistency, but when we're coming out against Drake and the team, I don't want to say they didn't look uninterested, but they looked half focused. And then you come out for the first drive against Southern Utah and start off with half your plays being mental errors, like false starts. And out of, you know, one of your leaders on the team, Kate Johnson jumping off sides, which is, it's just odd to see a wide receiver jump off anyways. Um, you know, maybe some of that can be attributed to having, you know, Jabari jump in at quarterback because you get different cadences from different guys. But I think that's more of a, it's more of a mental thing than anything, you know, when you hear Zimmer talking about Eck tearing into the O-line and things like that, I really think just the mental sharpness and with conference season coming up, I don't see any reason that should be an issue. I, I mean, it better not be. It's Valley play now. This is when, the, when it gets serious. The first championship you got to win is the conference championship. That kind of pays the road to getting to the national championship, in my opinion. So, you, you know, if you win the conference championship, you're probably getting the top seed. And I think that's what all the focus has got to be on, you know, everybody doing the little things right. So that's just kind of what I'll be hoping to see. So that way we come out against Southern Illinois in a week and are sharp. Yeah, I'd hope, you know, Hobo Day's consistently been a struggle for us. So hopefully off the bye week we can we can come out focused. Right. Well, both of those things have kind of been things that make Jackrabbit fans nervous, right? I mean, it feels like we usually traditionally don't come out of a bye that sharp and – Hobo Day the last couple of years hasn't been the happiest of Hobo Days. I've been drinking to forget instead of drinking to celebrate. So um, it'd be nice to see him come out sharp, and it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays with the team having a buy rate before Hobo Day. That's uh, that's kind of an interesting thing. I don't know when the last time that happened was. Yeah, I'm not sure. But two negatives make a positive, right? So. I mean, if we were the serious podcast, we'd have these stats available. But we're not we're not quite oh, yeah. we're we're obviously not the humor <laughs> the serious podcast. Flying by the seat of our pants yeah, podcast. That's right. So We've we got know. a better sense of humor than most guys. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Matt, don't fire us though. <laughs> but looking across the you know, the, the conference with uh what happened this week, it's kind of some interesting results that happened. You know, the most obvious one was NDSU versus Davis up here. They had a tight game, and the score says an 11-point win. That was a one-score game down into under two minutes, I believe it was. And really, it sounds like from what I've heard about the game, a little bit I've watched the game, it felt like Davis – it, it felt like our Minnesota game where Davis was SDSU and NDSU was Minnesota where they just kind of let it slip by him. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean, they had the they had the chance to take the lead in that late in the fourth quarter. 
Um, and then they threw a pick at the goal line. Right. And so, yeah, that's, I don't know. It, it just seems like NDSU makes those plays, though. You know, when it gets down to crunch time, they make those plays they need to make, and they they win. I mean, that's, that's what they do, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, if you think about the times that we beat them, you know, the one that sticks out in my mind is when we made those plays, and I think that all comes down to mental sharpness and toughness as well. So, you For know, sure. like the game when the game winner to Winicky with Taryn at the end of the game, making that big play when it happens. So they got it done, but they definitely looked human. You know, that was a, a big deal, you know, after going out and that I was almost starting to fully buy into their, just the machine. And it's, but now they play it. You know, you think you hear about Delaware and you know, all your, all your early season rankings are kind of screwy anyways. You know, by the end of the season, top 25, might not look like nearly what it did last week or especially in week three. And they go out to Delaware, who's supposed to be number 22, and just steamroll them. And you're thinking, oh, well, maybe maybe nothing is, you know, this is going to be a real dogfight. But then you see him play Davis, and Davis plays him close. And the Fargo Dome, you know, makes me feel really good about when they come down to Brookings personally, but they've got a real tough stretch coming up where we're going to know what's coming in pretty well by the time they end up in Brookings. So that was a, that was good to see them have a close game because NDSU fans were just, some of them were becoming unbearable up here. So uh, it was kind of nice. NDSU fans unbearable. I know that never happens, but you know, hypothetically um, it, it might happen on occasion in theory. (laughs) um, Another game that was really odd to me was you and I like squeaking by Idaho state. It was 13 to six and Idaho state's supposed to be maybe middle of the pack big sky this year. Like they were a team that a lot of, I think a lot of people were thinking was maybe an outside chance of the playoffs but not really. And I watched the first half of that game the other night and boy, you and I's got some work on their O-line. Their defense is nasty and you're not going to put a ton of points on them most likely, but that offensive line right now, what they're relying on for their offense is McElvain, their quarterback to be super escapable run around and then have one of their athletes at wide receiver eventually get open. And it didn't work that well against Idaho state. And McElveen is a small dude. He's like five ten as a small quarterback. And yeah, he survived against Idaho state, but if their offensive line doesn't change their mentality real quick, the hits that are going to build up on that guy from having to do that all the time, I just think eventually he's going to get wore down. A lot of people say, well, it's just Mark Farley being Mark Farley, but boy, I don't they I don't think they look great. Maybe Idaho State's a really good team this year, but when you're at home, Idaho State wasn't supposed to be that much better than Southern Utah, from what I know. And that was a really surprising result to me. Yeah, that was a 
you and I was favored by 14 at home. So, I mean, I, and I thought that spread was a little low. So it was kind of surprising to see them only win by seven right. there. And then USD, they go out to Northern Colorado, who had their starting. Got that they W. Got the W. God bless them. They got the <laughs> W. And, you know, I know they're using that as the rally. That's our win. But Northern Colorado had just gotten beaten 50 to nothing by Sacramento State who, yeah, might be a top 25 team. Jerry's still kind of out on them, but they had their number, their starting quarterback knocked out in that game, and then you only score 14 points on them. And <laughs> maybe build some confidence coming in, and they're getting another team when conference play starts that lost a quarterback that we'll get into later for their big D-Days team, and maybe they can get that ball rolling, but – I just don't think that's a good sign of things to come when, I mean, Southern Utah is probably going to pace Northern Colorado. Yeah, I mean, that that was the one, the offense is the one thing they had to hang their hat on. They're like, well, our defense has given up 50, but our offense is scoring a bunch of points too. So, and then they only score 14 against Northern Colorado. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do with them at this point. It's and when it's a team that they're going to be out and doesn't have their starting quarterback, I don't know if you can chest thump on holding him to six points when they've already proven to be no. inept. <laughs> I don't know. Right. It's just, I, I don't know. I guess they covered. They got that yeah, going for that's them. that's true. Then uh, Southern Illinois got just smoked in their FBS game against Arkansas State. Not much to talk about there. It's what I expected UMass to do to them, and then – you know, they're bipolar selves, I think. Did I pick them to cover in that game? I did. did so yeah. I picked them to cover. They probably didn't. And so no, they, they did. did. They did cover. Oh, it must have been a big spread because they yeah. have to be 41-29. So I was right on Southern Utah for once. So put that one on the calendar. We'll revisit that later. Southern Illinois. Yeah, yeah there it is. Southern Illinois. That one. So... Um, then nationally, uh, well, this is still in conference. Missouri State almost knocks off Kennesaw State. They were leading for a part for a little bit of that game. Yeah, I mean, is that is that uh, an indictment on Kennesaw yes. State saying that they're not as good as they were, or is that Ms. Missouri State saying maybe we're better than the? That's an indictment on Kennesaw. That no doubt in my mind. That's an indictment on Kennesaw. It was at Kennesaw. And, boy, it's real possible that they drop a game in the Big South, and if they drop a game in the Big South, they will not be in the playoffs. They played an NAI team, a D2 team, a terrible FBS team, and still lost to them, and then just about lost to Missouri State. Doesn't look good for them. And I just I don't think that – sure, it's a positive sign for Missouri State, but – I think that's more of an indictment on Kennesaw than it is a positive for Missouri State because they haven't shown positives against anybody else this year. I'd have to agree with you there. Then Indiana State lost their stud quarterback who was the one who led their big resurgence last year. Um, He's out for the season, and that's just a shame. That really sucks. Um Personally, I hate. Yeah, I mean, he, 
He was the one thing they had going for right. him. I mean, they were, he was like the the great white hope for Indiana right. State, and just now he's gone. <laughs> There's no hope. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure their no team hope. doesn't think that. Uh, they did win sixteen to six, even though he went down. So that's I mean, it's Eastern Illinois, but they could have folded. So they showed life. We'll see what happens when they hit conference uh, play. I don't think they're they're not making the playoffs now. I, I don't think that's gonna yeah. Happen. I guess to to be fair, I don't I don't know who their backup is. Maybe they have a decent backup too. But I mean, Boyle was pretty good, and he was kind of the only thing keeping him afloat. I thought right. He was he was kind of what made everything go. Um, they could have a stud backup. I mean, who knows? Team rallies. You never know. I mean, the Brewers went on and clinched a wild card with Christian Yelich going down. And he was by far and away their best player. So who knows what's going to happen? Sports are weird. <laughs> you know, right. Illinois State also got whacked with the injury bug. I think they lost two receivers and a running back. Um, they still, which is the side of the ball they can't really afford to lose people on because their offense was fairly anemic anyways. They still beat Northern Arizona 40-27, to 27, so they still look good. Um, they're a team that I think has better depth than your lower-end Valley team, so I think they should probably be okay. Um, hopefully they get some of those guys back though for, for their, for their sake. Right. And then Tennessee tech beat Western Illinois 38 to 24. <laughs> Western Illinois is terrible. They're, Man, oh, they're bad. Uh, oh my God. They're bad. They, they're bad. Tennessee tech was a 17 and a half point dog mm-hmm. in that one. And they won by 14. Yeah. Yes, they did. That's a swing. That money line, that money line bet would have made you a lot of money on Tennessee. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it would. But way to go, West. I mean, credit to us. We at least picked Tennessee Tech to cover, but I don't think either of us saw them winning. I thought Western Illinois would at least have some respect for themselves and win against a bad team at home. But clearly, it's a complete dumpster fire down there at this yeah, point. Yeah, they're. Full on rebuild mode, and it's not getting better for. It's not getting better with a new recruiting class. I think it's going to take one or two to turn that that stuff around. But yep, then I think Western Illinois and USD, and probably even now, Indiana State and Missouri State are all going to be fighting for the bottom of the valley. I think. Yeah, and you know, I, I agree with that. And looking at. Um, Saw some folks say, uh, I saw Youngstown State's fans say, well, you know, if we go eight and four, we'll still probably miss, miss the playoffs just because of our week out of conference. And it's going to depend on, you know, any team that goes four and four in the Valley is going to depend on who your four wins are against. Because if you go through and your wins, yeah, you're four and four in the Valley and eight and four, but your wins are against Indiana State, Southern Illinois, USD, and Western, or you know, some combination of those four with Missouri State thrown in there, you don't have any good wins. Period. And if you played a cupcake out of out of conference, you are setting yourself up to because if I'm looking at the valley this year, it looks like there's gonna be two or three four and four teams and could be five teams that are looking like they're that are have the 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 um the wins to make it into the playoffs and a couple of them are going to be bubble teams. And if it comes down to one that's got a win against you and I, and then one that only beat the bottom of the barrel, 
I don't think you're getting in because a lot of the Valley had a really soft out of conference outside of you and I, and there won't be a signature win to tack their hat on. It's going to give the committee a great excuse to throw in a Southland team or a second OBC team or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, that'd be different. And normally on years, if you're an eight-win Valley team, you're a, a complete lock and you might even have a seed. So, Well, it, hap- it's, <laughs> it happened to Youngstown before. I think it was uh, three or four years ago. They ended up eight and four, but they their schedule was front-loaded with the bottom of the Valley. And then they went and lost out because they played UNI, NDSU, and SDSU, and they got shellacked by every. Well, they didn't get shellacked by everybody, but they lost all like their last – three or four games in the season and didn't make the playoffs with an eight, eight win season. So there, there is a precedence, especially if there's a bunch of teams on the bubble, specifically a decent amount of them in the Missouri Valley, where you don't want to be putting yourself in that situation. You got to get a win over one of the top teams for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I, you know, a team like Youngstown State, I I would think that they'll make the playoffs. But like you said, if if you don't if you don't win against uh, one of the top Valley teams, you may be putting yourself in danger. Yeah, and Youngstown, honestly, I'm not sold on them yet offensively. They, I don't think they played anybody that really shows how good or bad they are at offense. You know, Sanford's probably the best game they played and best team they played and. They don't have a defense whatsoever. Their defense might be worse than USD's. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But speaking of the playoffs and how that would go, all the other teams that are and how they're sitting on the bubble is going to affect that. And looking at some national games of note that happened over the weekend, the big one, well, there's two big, two big ones. Um, Villanova beat Towson at Towson in overtime. And Towson was a top 10 team pretty much across the board in most polls. So that's a big win. Towson or Villanova hadn't really played anybody of note that made them look really good or really bad. They just beat who they were supposed to beat. Colgate is who they played in the first game and Colgate is was good last year, but they're a dumpster fire this year. So we didn't know much about them. They looked good. I thought they were good looking at their athletes and how they played. So they came out and showed it against Towson. So that was a good deal uh, to see there. Then Eastern Washington was the biggest surprise to me. They did not handle their loss to Jacksonville State very well. <laughs> they lost to Idaho, who was bottom of the barrel big sky last year and granted they could be decent this year but the eastern washington team we were all built up to believe it was is would the real eastern washington please stand up because right now they're non-existent i mean losing to idaho 35 27 at home i think it was at no it might have been at idaho i think it was at idaho but man that's a not a good look. It doesn't help out Jacksonville State, who was banking on that being their big win. So, yeah, I mean, for a team, what was Eastern Washington was ranked like top four, four yeah. or five at the Any, yeah, anywhere I mean, from for, eight to top four in there, depending on the point right. with that. 
And so, I mean, and now they're in kind of in danger of missing the playoffs. I mean, they don't, they're, they're still in the big sky. So they got some tough games coming up where if, if they don't, if they don't write the ship right now, they're going to be well, in trouble. Well, the thing that's really going to bite them is the way that the Missouri or the big sky um, works out. And I'll get into that. We do our games nationally, but the way the big sky works out, they got a really easy schedule because how unbalanced that schedule is. They're missing a lot of the, a lot of the top teams. They've only got really two games to prove themselves this year, and they don't have a Division One win yet. Their, That's their true. win is against the D2 team. So they're not just in trouble. They're five-alarm fire trouble. They might have to win. They either win the auto bid or, or win all their games to get the eight wins in the first place. So, oof. Yeah, that's a tough spot to be in. So did they uh, body swap with you and I or what? <laughs> right. Backs against the wall <laughs> all year. So beyond that, uh, I think we can move on to our favorite segment of the show. Everybody's favorite. The Fade Brandon Get Rich segment where everybody – picks opposite of Brendan and makes a bunch of money. Um, it would have worked again this week because Brendan went four and six. Uh, I myself went five and five. Yeah, four and six ain't bad for You're you. Welcome, America. But uh, I'm just out here making. But it's money. not. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's great. Doing every favor. This is what I do. <laughs> right. Four and six. So we kind of. Yeah, I mean, we kind of recapped how the Valley games went. I think, like we said, as far as spreads go, that Tennessee Tech-Western Illinois one was just ridiculous. Um, UC Davis kind of covered like we thought they would. Um, but, yeah, outside of that, there wasn't a whole lot of surprises there. SDSU finally covered a spread. Um, I mean, they covered the Minnesota spread, but they should have covered both against uh, LIU and Drake, and they didn't, and finally came through for us there, so... That was a good thing, at least. Right. Because, you know, they got to win by more for us degenerates to be able to make some money off of this. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's why, like, when they win by 28 and I'm mad about it, it's probably because I'm about 30 and a half. <laughs> uh, so. These tricks are for entertainment value only, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, unless you go to Iowa, it's it's... It's legal in That's Iowa true. now, so... That's true. But I'm not. I'm in Iowa. Sure, I'm in Iowa. We'll go with that. Makes it legal. Yeah. So, let's uh, move on to this week's picks. Small Valley Slate. Uh, we've got a couple games is all. The rest of them are on by before they start their uh, Valley slate of games. We've got Youngstown State hosting Robert Morris, and Youngstown State is a twenty-five point favorite at home. There, uh, Robert Morris is a dumpster fire, so I'm going to go with Youngstown State. I'll go with you there. I think they take take that one by more than twenty-five, and then we go to a pretty big game. Um, Northern Iowa goes to Weber Weber State. And so, and that Weber State's a two and a half point favorite. So, really close spread there. Yeah, I mean, this is a top ten matchup out there against two teams that I don't really trust their quarterbacks. 
Well, let me rephrase. I don't trust Weber's quarterback, and I just don't trust you and I's offense. You and I's quarterback's great. That kid's a stud, but Weber's defense is really good. So it's going to be a low-scoring game, in my opinion, unless – you know, you and I figure something out, like how to run the ball. They're averaging like 80 yards a game rushing, which is absurdly low for you and I. But, um, gosh, you going to make me pick it first? Sure, I'll pick it first. I, I mean, I, I know what I'm going to pick. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Weber's favored by two and a half. All Correct. Right. Uh, give me you and I. I'll take the points. Although I think they're going to beat the Grills. Uh, I'll be on the opposite side of you there. I think I'm taking Weber State. I don't like how Northern Iowa looked against Idaho State. And I think that continues. And the you mentioned the total in that one. That's only 36-point total, which is really small for college football. But And it, it may still go yeah. under. I mean, I could see like a... Seven to ten win or by either team. Oh yeah, so. absolutely. I could be a. I could see a ten to fourteen game without right. even trying. That wouldn't surprise me even a little bit. Both of those defenses are nasty, and both offenses have struggled against real defenses. Yeah. So then that completes the Missouri Valley games for the week. Then we got uh, five national ones we're gonna pick. First one is James Madison going to Elon, and Elon's a 13-and-a-half-point dog in that one. Um, yeah, I mean, we picked this game because Elon's supposed to be pretty decent. I think it'll be a little bit of a measuring stick game for James Madison. Um, but James Madison, if they are all that they're cracked up to be, you know, all that in a bag of chips, as they used to say at the soda phone, <laughs> James Madison should win by two scores. So... I'm going to go ahead and take James Madison to win by 14 or more. How old are you? You said soda fountain. <laughs> you know, we used to play jacks down by the soda fountain, kids. Good Lord. I didn't think you were that that old. I just know old people. I, I got distracted. What did you pick? <laughs> I picked James Madison. I thought that. I thought that beard was for looks, not because you're just old as hell. <laughs> I'm younger than you are. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe that at I'm this an point. Old soul, then. Apparently, don't make fun of your elders. <laughs> so the interesting thing about this one is Elon last year went to James Madison and won twenty-seven twenty-four. And they're 13 and a half point dogs at home. I'm going to go with Elon covering that one. Um, those, those colonial games are tough to pick. You know, it seems like they're back and forth and pretty close games. So that's a big enough spread. Well, I'll, I'll take Elon on that one. Yeah, that's probably a good choice. But... And then uh, Jacksonville State goes to Austin P. And then Jacksonville State's favored by six in that one. Yeah, Austin P has a pretty good defense. You know, this is probably going to be one of two tests that Jacksonville State might have all year going down the rest of the docket against Ohio Valley, the other one being against Southeast Missouri. So I can see why the spread's close, but I just think Jacksonville State's offense is too high-powered 
through the air for Austin P to stay within six of them. Are you sure you, you must not have been counting the powerhouse Tennessee Tech, who must be really good? Well, they I mean, did they, beat Western Illinois. They whooped up on a Missouri this Valley team, so right. The Ohio Valley's up this year. Valley apparently. on Valley crime. Right. The feud between Ohio and Missouri go, Valleys. I'm going to go with Jacksonville State here. I think that's a small enough spread where they cover that. Then we got a pretty big game. Uh, Maine goes to Villanova, who is undefeated, um, and looks like they're you know, kind of – on track for a seed if they keep playing the way they do. Um, and Villanova's favored by six in this one. I'll pick first on this one. Um, I think Villanova comes back to earth a little bit. I'm going to take Maine um, with a bounce back win there. Yeah. Um, Maine played Colgate last week, I believe, and didn't win by that much. And I think Nova's on a roll. As long as they don't have a letdown game, I think Nova should win, especially at home. Um, so I'm going to take Nova on that one. Have we agreed on a pick yet? Youngstown. We agreed on uh, Youngstown. Youngstown. This is going to be my big big rally week. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. So let me go to Montana at. UC Davis and UC Davis is a seven point favorite in that one. Um, this is another interesting matchup. Um, it'll be kind of a measuring stick for Montana to see if they are truly back or not. Um, seven points is tough, but I think I'm going to take UC Davis at home. See, if this game was any other week. I would probably take UC Davis. I do think Montana is a pretty good team. And we see time and time again in the Valley what happens to a team, generally speaking, unless they're a high-end, you know, UNI, SDSU, Illinois State. Um, that's used to that physical type of play. You see the team the next week just play really down because they're physically beat up from that game. So I'm going to go ahead and take Montana on that one. Look at you with a, a smart gambling tidbit there. That's what I'm here for, the the gambling info that I try to drop on people. That was that was impressive. I, I enjoyed that. No, I'm, 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 I, I wish I I wish I would have let you pick first because I would have listened to that and picked Montana. But too late. It's in stone. It's on the internet. It's it's I've there been practicing now. in front of a mirror. My gambling. So they, <laughs> I can tell you've improved. So now we go to our last national game. We've got UND going to Eastern Washington, who needs to, um, I guess, right the ship. I said earlier, they're they're in a world of hurt, like we've been talking about. I'm going to take Eastern Washington to bounce back here. I think they show some resilience, and I think UND is just not that good. Seven and a half points sucks because you got the hook, but I'll I'll take minus seven and a half for Eastern Washington there. Yeah. Um... This is such a tough game for me because is is has Eastern Washington folded the towel mentally and just out of it after two devastating losses now, and you got UND coming in trying to prove a point that they do belong 
in the top 25 and are going to be a force to be reckoned with and maybe make the playoffs. So that half point there, I think it's going to be a close game and I'm going to take UND because Eastern Washington's defense can't, can't, couldn't stop a peewee football team right now. So, yeah, UND did. I mean, they, they beat Sam Houston last week at home. I don't know how much that means. Yeah, I, this this game's going to be so weird just from a, a polling perspective because UND is barely in the poll. Eastern Washington just dropped out. So if Eastern Washington wins, does that mean that Eastern Washington's out of their funk and are coming back around? Does it mean UND wasn't very good and Eastern Washington just happened to win over them? If UND beats Eastern Washington, then Eastern Washington looks even worse, so it's not even that good of a win. It's... Yeah, I guess I, to me, it's like the only reason UND is in the poll is because the bottom of the poll is just that weak. Yeah. I mean, all they have is a win over Drake uh, and a win over Sam Houston, who, right. I don't know, maybe they're good, probably not that good. Uh, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, and, you know, especially in the beginning of the year, after in the first four to five weeks, the poll takes a while to shake out before teams really solidify themselves and build some sort of a resume. So I think, yeah, you're right on some of it's who you're going to put there. Well, realistically, for the bottom six spots, you can build up a reason to put anybody in there, you know, right from a 15 team group. So, yeah, some of that's some of where you're coming from is probably fairly accurate, but. We're in week five. We're almost halfway through the regular season. That is That's sad. Oh, soul crushing. I'm really just, I thought of that before we got on and had to put the title on our outline. It was like, really? Really? Yeah. Really? At least we got a whole day, whole day coming up. That'd yeah, whole day coming up is going to be a riot. Um, then the conference slate starting. That's the most exciting. But whole day is awesome. I'm really excited. Yeah, I mean, ideally, you know, I, I hate to look ahead, but the way our schedule shook out, I'm I'm hoping that we don't have a loss between now and the DSU game. We shouldn't. Right. And, you know, I think anything less than that would be a, a disappointment for me as far as how the team's looking at this point. Right. And, you know, I don't hate looking ahead because I'm, I'm a fan, so – I don't have to be too worried about my mind being focused on the, the challenge ahead of us. It's <laughs> true. Um, I mean, we do have a couple tough game, tougher games in there. That Indiana State game got a lot easier, but at Youngstown, that's that's the toughest that's one. Not easy, but the way the schedule breaks down, it kind of goes hard or easy, hard, easy, hard, easy. Plus, with all most of the tough games besides Youngstown State being at home, that's a huge advantage. Yeah, I, I just I like to think the with the way our running game's looking, with the way we can just roll three different running backs in there, keep it fresh. I like to think that our chances against any Valley team that's not named NDSU is going to be pretty damn good. So. I'd be surprised if we weren't favored in every game except for that one. Yeah, I mean, if we're playing to our potential, um, absolutely. And I honestly, um, 
with NDSU's five-game stretch they've got coming up, I wouldn't be surprised if they drop a game or two in there. They've got to start the conference slate at Illinois State. At Illinois State, not Illinois Slate. That's a rock out in Illinois. Probably a rock company. Yeah, yeah they probably produce rocks. So if anybody's saying. looking for some cool gardening landscaping, maybe Google that and uh, let me know how their prices are. And that'd be great because I'm looking to put some rock in. <laughs> uh, you know, they start off at Illinois State and then they've got another couple tough, you know, they, they play the top of the valley basically in the first five weeks of conference season. So we're going to know everything about everything about them. And if they drop a game or two, I have no doubt that we'd be favored going into that. Yeah, it'll be real interesting, real interesting to see how they look at, at Illinois State, and then they have Northern Iowa at home right after that. I mean, that's a pretty tough two-game stretch there, so it'll tell us a right. lot. You know, and then they've got Missouri State before us, but if we're, you know, if they go undefeated up until up until our game, that's going to be huge. Maybe we can get game day to come to Brookings for that. Well, right, and I was just going to say, hey, let's daydream a little bit here because there's part of me that wants them to loot drop two games before they make it to our game two, two games. games just um i think it'd be good for the val for not the valley but for the fcs as a whole to make ndsu go on the road in the playoffs um that'd be fun that and i just like when they lose no offense to my ndsu friends right. or anybody tuning in I, i'm not gonna lie and say I, I i i like watching them win but um, if they go through that stretch they're, and they come out to SDSU, they're going to be number one, and there will be a solid chance. At minimum, we'll be number three, kind of where we're at right now. But if JMU stumbles in a game against the Colonial, then we'll probably bump up to two just because of how people vote. So that would be a pretty good sell for the FCS game day of the year to have one versus two in the marker game where you know it's going to be crazy um, with the, the beautiful backdrop that we've got for campus. I can think of a dozen spots on campus you can have the game day show at. So that would be the, that would be the fun dream. Yeah. I, it probably won't happen, but it's, it's fun to, it's fun to dream. They got, you know, on the FBS slate, there's like Auburn LSU that weekend and Wisconsin Ohio State. So I mean, that Wisconsin Ohio State game would be the big one. I think. That, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough to to draw game day away from that. But you know, the nice thing is, and, and it seems like it's this every year is we've got, you know, we control our own destiny. Right. Our, our only loss is against an FBS Minnesota. Yeah. If we win out. We beat NDSU. We'll be seated ahead of NDSU. You know, like assuming we went out and they their only loss to us, we'll be seated one. They'll be seated two. So, I mean, well, they might be seated at least because if they drop a game and James Madison goes undefeated through the CAA, they're not being seated ahead of them. Right. I guess I was saying at at a maximum they would be oh, seated right. two, and they would have to come to us at right. least. Yeah. You know, before they go to free. You know, and I think that's some of the well, they would, goal with how our scheduling goes is it's all about seating. And the higher seating you are, the more home games you have. 
the later in the game you're having to face the top, top teams. And in our case, it stops us from having to go to NDSU in the quarterfinals every time because the reality of it is if you're not seated, you're going to the closest place. If, if that's within bus range anyways. If you're able to be bused somewhere, you get sent there. And we'll be going to NDSU. We'd be in that pod every time. Wouldn't that be crazy, though, if if we do beat them and win out and they win the rest of their games, we get seated one and they get seated four? I mean... That'd be beautiful. Like, that would be beautiful. I would kind of hate it because I at least... And not to say that we can't beat them twice in this year, but I want to go to Frisco, damn it. And if if they come into our house and beat us, and we don't get to go to Frisco because of that, just because the the committee wanted to Paris, that's going to piss me off. But well, I'm I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Well, um, for but, me, them coming down to us and beating them isn't an issue. I worry about um, that's going to be a crowd like the 07 marker game was, where it's fifty fifty for fans. It's going to be my biggest mm-hmm. concern. Uh, yeah, I mean, if if they came to play us in the playoffs in Brickings, I bet, sadly enough, it might be a majority NDSU. Well, I certainly hope not. We got to show up. I hope not too, That'd but be a shame. That would be embarrassing. Yeah, but yeah, it would. Hopefully, it doesn't come to that. Well, you know what? You can only handle. You can only uh, deal with the game in front of you. So. Let's hope for beautiful weather for Hobo Day, and let's see if we can set an attendance record for that. That'd be badass. For sure. Yeah, I think we'll uh, be putting uh, another pot out next week, talking about how our picks went and picking some more games for the the Valley games that are starting up and previewing the game against Southern Illinois for Hobo Day. Yeah, so. absolutely. Hey, did you look up what the line was for us versus by? What? <laughs> <laughs> the versus by by week yeah it's uh well the the plus is we're not going to lose any money on the jacks this week so. <laughs> that's true that's true we got that going for us well, that's why i don't bet on the jacks but yeah worked out last week that's true that's true well other than that i don't think we got anything else for you no I got nothing. So, till next week. All right. Well, go big, go blue, go Jacks.